Welcome to the latest episode of Wade In, where I am joined, as always, by Kevin Blake. Straight into it, Kevin. How are you? Where in the world are you today? I'm good, Vanessa. I'm good. I'm over at Doncaster um, for the sales, Premier Yearling Sale, Goffs UK, for the next couple of days. Selling commences tomorrow. I've been here since yesterday. And um, yeah, taking a little break to talk to you guys. Oh, aren't we lucky? Hey, Brendan, aren't we lucky? How are you over there, Brendan? <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm in decent form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in, uh, I was in Nash yesterday. I, I, I had a stag at the, at the weekend, so I didn't make the curra on on Saturday. Again, you you have legitimately uh, questioned my credentials as a friend of Leinster Race and over the years, and you've got further <laughs> ammunition this weekend. Because how how can a friend of Leinster Race not go to the Futurity debutante, the two of the pillars of the Irish juvenile scene, Vanessa? But um. Well, you can't, if you're the best man for a wedding, you can't really not go to the stag. So oh, do you know go. what? I am disappointed in you. I'm not going to lie. I I thought that, yeah, I thought you were going to be the man on the ground for us from the Curra mm. because there's loads to get through. But before we crack into the two-year-olds, it's been a big week for the two-year-olds, but it's been an even bigger week on the biggest racing stage up at York, Jobmont International. Brilliant by you. Bolts in, Kevin. Um, I was there. It was a brilliant day it was in my eyes an even better performance than what we've seen of him do previously over any trip um what were your initial reactions watching the race from home oh sure wow <laughs> wow I, I was i was in the camp that was worried about the trip for him um like he's, he was such a fan is such a fast miler that it's just natural to 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 have concerns like in, in his mechanics like he's a very fast high revving horse and but it's just it just reiterated to me a lesson that I learned a few times over the years, but clearly didn't learn it well enough in that we we like to pick and poke at horses and we have certain ways of, of reading things and certain um, certain things we like to apply to horses. But when you come across really good ones, the rules just don't seem to apply the same way that they do with, with, with you know, less talented horses. Like the, yeah. these very, very good, well, no, better than that, these brilliant horses, they can just do things that normal horses can't. And um, the trip clearly proved to be no trouble whatsoever. Um, he took a good enough grip early on, which was to be expected. But, my God, he, he's loomed up to Mishrif there, who, like, is a world-class horse. There's only half a dozen turf horses in the world rated right higher than him. And... <laughs> <laughs> he just went by him like he was going past his lead horse in a in a confidence boosting piece of work up at the curry. You know, it was it, it, it was magic stuff. Magic. Wish I was there. Sickened. I missed I missed Frankel in the same race. Um whatever it was 10 years ago due to uh, I was uh, a source of great regret, Vanessa. I was all booked up, ready to go. I was flying in a few hours. And I got headbutted by a fall and had my, my nose um, mashed halfway across my face. So I was really out very late on oh. account of that. And I wasn't there last Wednesday. Was and it just late? Was it just laziness that made you not be there last Wednesday, or any other dramatic story uh, to add? No, no dramatic story, unfortunately. <laughs> At least I had a good excuse for missing Frankel. But, yeah. Um, no, I just I just wasn't there, Vanessa. You are, loads of people are, and whoever was there can can take a, a very special moment with them going forward because it was uh, it was one of those, Vanessa. We only see them once every few years, probably that makes it go, Jesus, that was something. 
Yeah, no, it definitely was a moment like that. I actually stood and watched it with Gina Bryce and Jamie Lynch, a uh, little Sky Sports racing gang and no better people to watch a good horse race with. And honestly, it really was one of those, oh my God, what on earth was that? Like even in the moment, you didn't have to watch the replay back. You could take it in there and then. And then he came down and he paraded in front of the stands. And, you know, in the paddock beforehand, he's not a, he's he doesn't take your eye out. Like he just doesn't as a physical specimen. I mean, if you're looking at them in the paddock like the likes of native trail sort of make Baid look relatively yeah insignificant but I mean it's the absolute opposite out on the track Brendan and it was just a, an incredibly special moment and I think now is he starting to get the recognition he deserves off the back of that performance Brendan? Well I hope so I mean it, <laughs> it, 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 it was thrilling I sort of uh, when we talked about this before is that well maybe he has to get into a war with the horse to really capture the public imagination but I was wrong. I, I, what, what needed to happen was to just see him travel like the wrath of God there and then have the rain shaken at him and put six lengths into Mishriff. In fact, I think maybe Crowley gave him a backhander just to he go, did. Just, let, yeah. let's, let's go and really put them to the sword here. Yeah. And I mean, there's, I, I, I suppose uh, Mishriff probably wasn't quite as good as he was last year, but I don't think he was far off and he was good at the gates this time. He was an unlucky loser in the Eclipse. And he, he, he's beat him six wickets. Um, yeah, it, it, it was a magic performance. And um, encouragingly now, Haggis said maybe he might have two runs. We, we thought he was only going to have one more run in his career, but he might have two. And uh, Kevin and myself like a chance to go and see him in Leopardstown. Not, not, not impossible. Ooh. Oh, oh, well, look, he, he's four to five non-runner, no bet for the arc, but that's looking unlikely. What are you expecting from him over the coming weeks and months, Kevin? Where is he going to show up? What do you think will happen? Yeah, I've been thinking about this a good bit. And I actually met Angus Gold at the sales yesterday and had a good chat with him about it. And, and you can tell, you can, you can just tell, you can tell with Willem Haggis as well. You can tell that the that the old romantics, this the sporting sportsmen in them, would love to run him in the arc. They'd love to do it. And we'd all love it to happen because that is like, you know, in truth, as much as I'd love to see him at Leopardstown, clearly, uh, as with anyone with anything to do with Irish racing, um, the arc is re the real romantic one, isn't it? You know, that's the one that, that would engage us all the most. I think it's fair to say without, without wishing to make assumptions. I, but think, I think that <laughs> also from my point of view, Kevin, and this is a point that Jamie made when I was stood with Jamie Lynch immediately after the race, he said, you know, you don't obviously you're on course, so you don't hear any of those initial reactions or any comments. You just you're just going in blind. And we were chatting away about it. And he said, you know, the thing is, is the arc is the one thing Frankel didn't do. You know, he they followed, yeah. you know, the, the comparisons are there and you're always going to compare to Frankel. And whether look, listeners like it or not, that's just the way we are in this game. The comparisons are going to be made. If he goes to the arc, he gets to have an opportunity to do the one thing Frankel couldn't and didn't do. Yeah, and look, he's a more like like look. We don't want to get into the, the full debate, like, but I, like really, I don't think a reasonable person would debate that you know Frankel in terms of peak ability, like, is the best we've ever seen. And you know, Bayi can't compare to him. See, the stars can't compare to him in that regard. But you can certainly say that Bayi is a more um, complete racehorse, arguably, than Frankel, because Frankel had all this. Um, exuberance that, that made him tricky to train and made him tricky to campaign whereas Baid um, showed at York that he can carry his brilliance over uh, you know an extended 10 
and there would be great promise that he'd be able to do it over 12. He'd have to go and do it. And that's what would make it so engaging is you, there would be a question mark. There would be a doubt whether he could keep carrying it over the extra, whatever, 1.7 furlongs, um, you know, traveling for the first time internationally for the first time in his career. You know, one assumes it's the arc, you know, 16 runners, whatever, you know, pacemakers in there, different sort of a, a test. It would just make, because to, to really, to, to make a moment like a truly special moment for Nessa. There needs to be enough doubt and concern and risk and unknown. You know, that's what makes it brilliant. You know, if Baid goes to Leopardstown, he'll be odds on. He'll be facing some new, some new rivals, you know, that, you know, um, Luxembourg, Vadini, et cetera, that would certainly make it interesting. But ultimately he'd be operating over a course distance where he'd be fully expected to go and win. Yeah. Um, British champion stakes, you know, the, the nightmare scenario, I suppose, you know, it's all relative, was if they commit to that and wait for it and it comes up heavy and he doesn't run and all of a sudden this brilliant, one of the best horses we've seen in decades, you know, doesn't get a big send off and it all ends in a bit of a squib. Um, so, you know, for me, Leopardstown would probably, if I was pricing it up, I'd make Leopardstown the fav, to be honest. Okay. Um, Leopardstown the fav and then keep ask it in mind and if the ground comes up nice by all means go there but I just the romantic in me now and just reading between the lines look Sheikh Hamdan spent over 40 years building Shadwell and this is the culmination this is the crowning achievement uh, and poor Al Sheikh Hamdan isn't here to see it but those that are have been charged with continuing the operation you know honoring his legacy etc you know, they have him and they have this decision to make. And my God, what a way to, to honor everything that they did in four decades to chuck him in the arc, <laughs> you know, and to, and to win Europe's greatest race, you know, arguably one of the greatest races in the world. Um, wow, that would be something. That really would be something. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, we're all fingers crossed for it. I think it's, I, I personally feel it's unlikely to happen, but fingers crossed it does happen. And I thought, you know, post-race, there's so much like, obviously you're never going to reach the sort of emotional heights that Frankel managed to reach with the Henry Cecil story. But if you look a little bit deeper, the emotion is still there when you, you know, you hear William Haggis being interviewed and the relationship with Shadwell, him training for them for years. And then on top of that, in the winner's enclosure, Brian Haggis was there, William's father. You know, he is well towards the end of his life and, you know, relatively frail at this stage. And he went over and patted William on the back and they had a little moment. And you just think for Dow Yorkshireman through and through to do that at York uh, with a horse like that, it must have just been an incredibly special moment but many of those same comments can be applied to the nun thought brendan because if baid's performance hadn't been there at york take that out then surely the performance of the week was highfield princess again for a real Yorkshire connection, winning the Nunthorpe for the Quins and giving the Platinum Queen no less than £24. I mean, what sort of performance was that, Brandon, from the Philly? Well, it was, well, I can tell you for the, from the point of view of the people who backed her, it was a serene Buddhist experience because she jumped out of the stalls and she travelled better than anything in the race. The only worry was, would she be uncomfortable at five furlongs? She was absolutely lagging along on the, on the bridle the whole way. I mean, you could just call her the winner basically after a furlong. This wins because you knew she had the stamina to go and win a race over seven furlongs. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was just a sensational performance. Again, I'm not sure it was the strongest renewal of the race, 
But how, I mean, how strong is this, is the sprint division at the moment in Europe outside of that Australian freak that's gone? Uh, so I was just looking at our options. It's nearly impossible to tell because I don't think they were, they were talking immediately afterwards about Arc Weekend, but they don't have to give her such a big break now because John Quinn said he was worried about the backup from the Primaris to East to mm-hmm. the Nunthorpe, understandably. So she'll have more of a break now. If she her next two entries are the the Sprint Cup and the Flying Five, uh, in the Sprint Cup and Haydock and the Flying Five and the Curse. She could go for either of those, and it still gives her a little break for what I assume will be the foray. But she could go and run in the Abbey as well. I mean, she's just an unbelievable mare now with all these <laughs> options. And then they kick on, and uh, he did. He seemed to be very definite that the one of the fillies and mares races at the Breeders' Cup was on her agenda. Now, we mentioned the dirt race. I don't think they'd do that. I, I imagine she's gone for the Phillies and Mares turf race in um, Keeneland at the end of the year. And again, with, with the way she travels in her races, I, I, I mean, it's, it's just, it's hard, it's, it's hard enough to see her getting beaten from, it's hard enough to see her getting beaten from here to the end of the season. But she's definitely still improving this mare. Definitely. Oh yeah, for sure. She's de- she definitely is, and and now it's just the question of where does that improvement end, and over mm-hmm. what trip? It's literally just you just don't know where the ceiling is going to be with her now because she just keeps going forward with each run. She's seven to two for the Betfair Sprint Cup. That's a week on Saturday, Kevin. But as Brendan's touched upon, her her options are endless. We know that the Quins like taking horses over to Ireland and have had a good bit of success with that. Would you expect her to see her in the flying? five yeah I, th- I think that would be a lovely option for her. um yeah. like the one thing you'd say with this race like she was following an extremely fast filly in the platinum queen who ran an absolute stormer um and she had absolutely no issue she she used the platinum queen like a lead horse and a piece of work like and she was flying so pace is no issue whatsoever over five um like york is, is a faster five than the cara and that that race just might be it, it, it would look not a winnable option, but she'll be the one to beat there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it is a lovely gap from there on to uh, Longchamp. Um, with base, if you knew nothing about her, just watch the non-tarp, you'd say, Why would you go a step beyond five with her? You know, because <laughs> she looked she looked that fast. So, you know, why 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 do something different? You know, the ground can get a bit nasty at Haydock, as we know. So um, I thought yeah. um I actually I thought of you a bit, Kev, when when she won. Well, when I saw that she'd won. Because I just thought, you know, it's a real advert for a bit of brave campaigning into you know, what you're always pushing for. And you know, this is a filly who has that profile. She doesn't have an unbeaten profile. We know her story, we know where she's climbed from. And there's no fear of this, like, oh dear, what happens if she gets beat with her? And that's I think what is is so endearing to her story as well. You know, that quick turnaround, the trip to France, back, bang, into the Nunthorpe. It's just the class bit of campaigning as far as I'm concerned yeah love it like left field like no no yeah. one would have, no one would have done it really yeah <laughs> um, and they've done it and they found out like so some some real really something really pertinent about her that she's more than fast enough for five um probably anywhere you know like and you look at her profile like you know she started off over seven at a mile and they've kind of gradually come back and like that was only the second run of her life over five um, so the, the world the world is opening up, you know. Um, and God, they've had some unbelievable times with her so far, and 
Jeez, they have a fair, they have a fair few more left. Like I don't race on. I'd say listening to the connections, like she's she's worth an awful lot of money as a broodmare now. But um, you could see them driving on, couldn't you? And, and oh, keep yeah. going and enjoying her. Um, she's clearly like uh, she's clearly teak tough, like um, very sound, etc. So. God, you'd be a long time trying to find another one like her. Drive on, enjoy her, let her take you around the world and enjoy the ride. Yeah, I think that's just it. You know, when you look at who owns her, John Fairley, and I've told the story before, but like, you know, he's an older man. He's been in racing for years. He's in no rush to stop enjoying the journey. And why would you? So long may it last. I love it. And if we're talking about improving older mares, Brendan, then obviously we roll on to Alpinista winning a fifth group one on the back a seventh race on the bounds and in the process of winning the Yorkshire Oaks she beats an English Oaks winner an Irish Oaks winner a pretty poly winner and a York Group 2 winner I mean where did that rank the Yorkshire Oaks performance rank in Alpinista's career is that is that at the very top of what she's done so far I would have I would have said so um I I I, I think I feel like that um Aiden's Philly oh sorry I'm so I'm so, I'm so bad uh, Tuesday. Tuesday sorry I feel like Tuesday, Tuesday Bounce back to form, um, whatever happened to her, whatever was ailing her in the Irish Derby. I'm not saying she'd have been good enough for the Irish Derby, but she, she didn't run a race there. She 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 came back to form. La Petit Coco's a proper mare and probably improved given uh, how long of a layoff she had before the Pretty Polly. So I, I think it's a it's a savage bit of form, and you just get the sense with Alpinista. I mean, you get a sense this sense with a lot of Prescott horses, whatever way he trains them. I don't know that uh, she she has a little bit more to give. Uh, and she's definitely an improving mare. We know all about uh, mare's record, fillies and mare's records in the arc. Uh, she's she's going to be getting that allowance. He mentioned afterwards, actually, that he was delighted with the fast ground for her, which is a, it's a funny thing. When she's by Frank out of a Hernando mare, kind of screams, given the ground to me. And she has form. She's forming all sorts of ground. But I wouldn't be worried if the ground even came up heavy. I don't I, I I know what you mean, but I was listening to his interview that he did on Sky Sports Racing, and I think the point he was trying to make is that she's hindered less by the fast ground rather than it's, do you see what I mean, less than others by the fast ground. She can handle the fast ground as well as most horses, and other horses are hindered by it, apparently, was, I think, the point he was trying to make with that. Well, uh, I, I mean, that, that that's quite fair. Story checks out. She's just a teak tough versatile talented mare I mean I kind of in the back of my mind I cannot believe that Mark Prescott could ever train an arc winner but if you ask me now just taking all taking all that <laughs> taking all that out of it I think she should be favoured for the race because I don't think Baid's going to run and um, wow it, in, in what doesn't look a vintage year outside of him I, I, I think she should be favoured as the most likely winner of the arc uh, nothing would make me happier than Sir Mark Prescott winning an Arc de Triomphe with Alpinista. Trust me, she's unchanged at 8-1 for the Arc following um, her Yorkshire Oaks win with Betfair, Kev. Do you concur with what Brendan says? Should she be favourite for it? Is she the most likely winner? Oh, she's got to be up there. I hope she gets. She, she's probably starting to get credit now. Like we say, we talked about it before. Like sometimes when these horses go um, travelling oh. internationally, and win group ones, they don't get as much respect as they probably deserve. And um, like this, this, this mayor beat the subsequent arc winner last year. You know, it's not like it's not like you know the form is there, but because it happens abroad, people don't seem to pick up on it as much. But so it was great to see her come back to, to home soil and do that. Um, look, she's clearly very high class. I, I, I'd say 
you you know him well now, Vanessa. You can you can ask the question. I wonder how much Sir Mark regrets this one getting away on him now. You know, five five group ones are all well and good, but if he did the job properly, she would have started off in a handicap of fifty five somewhere uh, and could have yeah. could have done an awful lot of damage. I'll ask him. I'll ask him when I next go around to evening stables. I'll ask him. Uh, uh, Sir, yeah. Sir Mark, you're meant to be an old master. You let this one get away. <laughs> He's probably sick as a dog about it. To be honest with you. Um, Let's... Yeah, she, she's she's a lovely mayor, fairness, and um, great for Kirsten Rousing as well. Another another great supporter of the game, um, who has been again uh, developing this family for for many many generations. So um, I always that, like to see, yeah, like that angle. I mean, you touched upon it with Baid and the Shadwell operation, obviously, and then obviously with this and Kirsten Rousing. When you're in Bloodstock and you see what goes in to just producing one winner just a winner of one race and what that means to people for these long-standing families and for the dedication to the game I mean sometimes I think it goes without getting the plaudits that it deserves but it is it's years and years of dedication time money effort and to get these sort of results I mean it's one in a million type stuff isn't it yeah and, per- and perseverance Vanessa because like yeah like yeah. people like we, we we are too flippant about it because like ultimately you know the likes of your Shadwells and Kirsten Rousing and Judmont etc like it's not like they spent 40 years trying to have a big winner and now they have a big winner they've been having like their share of big winners for a long time like decades and decades and like it would be the most human thing in the world to kind of not quite get sick of it but certainly the shine comes off something once you go and do it and then you go and do it again and then again and again you know, it, it's it's a real testament to, you know, an individual's passion and drive that they can keep approaching the thing with the same enthusiasm and, and, and want, you know, despite, you know, decades of success. And like you say, just like people say, well, oh, you know, they've had this family for 40 years or 30 years or whatever it is, or five or six generations. Like, it's incredible, really. Like, like how many people can name their own, you know, great grandmother. You know, what, yeah. what was their first name? You know, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know, they've they've literally developed these families for for four and five generations. You know, multiple multiple daughters and, and offshoots, and it's it's so much achievement. You know, the sense of satisfaction must just imagine like lying in bed at night thinking, "I did that. I created that." I just think that is like, so like, cool. Like quite literally, like leaving a mark on Terbre breed, which has yeah. been around for whatever three hundred years. You know, like people we'll be looking at pedigrees for decades and decades, and you're you're you know you'll see you know last second pop up in the pedigree. You know, which is which is what this filly goes back to. You know, that family you just. You just see them all like Alouette, you know, you, you, you instantly recognize them when you see them pop up on the pages, you know, and she, Kirsten Rousing can look at that and say, I did that. <laughs> I did that. That's just it. I did that. I think it's bloody cool. Um, Brendan, let's move on to the Lonsdale Cup. Controversy beforehand, controversy afterwards. True shout out at the last minute. Stradivarius out at the last minute. Quickthorn gets an enormous lead and nothing gets anywhere near him. Um, I guess, what, what was ever, what's your view on the race and the ride itself? I mean, talk me through your thoughts. Well, I, I mean, my, my thoughts, I, I think I seem to be very much aligned with the Betfair traders who cut it from sevens, sevens from twelves for the long distance cup. Yeah. And I kind of feel like that halfway house is the way to go because if you believe the form, he should be favoured. I mean, this is an unbelievable effort, isn't it, right, to be uh, co-trained by 14 lengths. And all right, Rashoon is there, but Rashoon has been running respectively, albeit in a lower grade. 
this season. But at the same time, you can't believe the form. But then you keep the circle turning and you go, well, since they've decided to make the running on this horse, and he, and he has been a quirky horse in the past. I remember he did something weird in Salisbury before. So maybe he's a horse that they've just finally discovered the key to him. Mm. And it is it is making the running and he, he, he's come to himself late in life. That wouldn't be unusual with a Hugh, Huey Morrison trained horse. So, I mean, I know it, it, it's no good sit, sitting on the fence, but I, I, I kind of am sitting on the fence. I like, it, 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 that, 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 it can't be right. He can't have just suddenly turned around and won 14 lengths, but he definitely is an improving horse. And he's a runner in the uh, long distance race in Ascot. But what price should he be? It's going to be really difficult. You see, this is why, why, what's so annoying about the other two horses not running. If just one of them could have, could have showed up, we would have had an idea what's going on. Unless you think that uh, they, they just completely fell asleep. And gave him gave him a solo up front, which is possible as well. I didn't I didn't think that watching it actually. I thought he was earning that. I, I thought they were going a reasonable gallop, but I could well be mistaken. Yeah, I spoke to Rob Hornby at um, Brighton yesterday, and obviously he rode the second horse Coltrane, and he said, you know. I said, like, what are your views on it looking back now? And he said, the thing was, is like, I, I was going in my horse's comfort zone. Like, if I could have, of course, driven him on, but he'd have been out of his comfort zone. That wasn't right. the best way to ride that horse on the day. And, you know, his view was Quickthorns just got that in- very unique, incredibly high cruising speed from the off. And it's hard to go with him. But I guess, Kevin, a horse like Stradivarius or Trushan would have the class to have gone with him. It's just hard to know how to read the race for me anyway, personally. Yeah, it's a tricky one. And like you look at the, the finishing speed of the race, like time form have it at 94.5, which is like way slower than par, you know, which suggests a strong pace and a slow finish. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, I, I personally haven't had the chance to really hammer this down and delve into it. But like often in these cases, you find that they they gained they they gained the lead that they got, you know, relatively cheaply. And then oftentimes they go a proper gallop from there, but it's just they they they, they avail of cheap gains at some point. And that's ultimately what was the difference maker. And even if you had uh true Shannon Stradivarius in there, like if you if you give up cheap lengths to uh, to what is clearly a very good horse. Um, it, it's going to be extremely difficult to make it up, and it like it's I call it the clear leader conundrum. Like it's the worst spot for a jockey to be in when one gets away on you, and you know, are you going to be the first one to pick up the chase? You know, are you just going to wait and pray that that he comes back? Because if you're the one that picks up the chase and the one in front um, stops, you're left in front a mile too soon, haven't asked for your effort too soon, you'll probably stop soon after. So it's it's a, a really tricky thing for the jockeys in behind. Um, but this horse, like really, his 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 improvement is correlating with the change in tactics, as Brendan yeah. says. Like he had a, he had some quirky moments in his career, um, but since he's started, you know, hitting the gates a bit better and and getting to the front and driving on, you know, it seems to be it seems to be a little bit easier for him. Um, and yeah, I would, I would like to put a cap on him now. Look, I think was he quite as good as this looked? I'd say it probably not, but. It's not to say that it can't be going and winning a group one staying race potentially for sure. Okay, well, some people are saying that Quick Thought and Tom Arcano Quick Thorn was a brilliant ride. Uh, and then everyone sort of went into overdrive about Frankie de Tori on Trollerman and the Ebor, Brendan. Um, mm. Some people say it's the best ride they've ever seen in their whole life. It's the best ride they've ever seen. 
How do you um, feel about that? <laughs> no, I I, I, I I would disagree with that. In fact, the story did give a horse. Um, I, God, I can't remember the name because I'm so bad with names. We rode this um, mare. In was it, was it Golden Horn? Uh, no, he, he rode this mare in the Breeders' Cup uh, a few years ago. And basically he had to do, she only, she only got up on the line and basically he had to do everything right in the race. If he'd have done one thing wrong, it would have got beaten. And, uh, but I, I'm so bad with names. I, I might think of it and I'll come back to you. Uh, but yes, it, so it was just interesting that, that he showed a bit, a bit of imagination, but we don't know. We don't know, did it make the difference? I mean, Trollerman had a legitimate chance before the race. He's won a short head. Would he have won had, had the Tory just adopted normal tactics? I don't know. I, I, I think it was, a, it was an excellent idea because when you're drawn wide in an Ebor, I mean, uh, Joseph's horse, Okita Soshi, he had that problem. He was four wide the whole way. It's a very difficult trip. So Frankie took that out of the equation. He seemed to have the race read pretty well, but he probably wanted to be on the pace. Uh, but both of the Godolphin horses adopt, adopted that tactic, and I think that was sensible. So, yes, I think I think it was a very good ride, but it's not like he went and won at five lengths, and you go, oh, yeah, well, he, he was obviously on the best ground early, and he stole the race. He, he won a short head, so... It may, it may have made the difference. It, it may not have, but it, it, it was just great to see a jockey showing some imagination. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I just, I, yeah, I concur. I'm not sure it's the best ride I've ever seen. Uh, he's now about a six, I think he's a six, yeah, 16 to one with Betfair for the long distance cup, Kev, from 40s. Um, reaction to the ride, I suppose, is that's the focus point. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we've often drawn attention to this thing that Frankie does. We probably should put a name on it, but I see it as a kind of a trademark thing for Frankie. And he did it on the biggest stage, and that's why I mentioned him. That's what I thought Brendan was going to mention. He did it something not dissimilar on Golden Horn in an arc um, back in the day when he was drawn wide. And he just, he, he, he often does it in big races in that he won't come across to the rail as quickly as would be expected. He just kind of hangs out out wide and waits and lets the race develop a small bit inside him before committing to a position. Um, and it can be dangerous because you, you do that. And if it develops in such a way inside you that when you do decide to come in, you're caught wide without cover and you've had a bit of a, a nightmare, but he, he'll generally do it on a foregoing horse. So he has the option of if it's, if, if something like that is panning out, he can just buck, fuck, continue bucking forward and get to the front himself. But it's uh, look, it's fun to watch. It's, it's different, isn't it? And um, you'd have to say it was a very good ride. Was it the, the greatest ride of all time? Probably, probably not. <laughs> uh, that's a high bar, so <laughs> that's, yeah. not, that's that's not damning with faint praise. But um, yeah, he seemed in great form, didn't he, Frankie? Like he he is um, he is uh, an emotional beast, and when when he's down, you can kind of very much tell he's down, and when he's really up uh, and in the oh, there, there's a term for it when he's in his flow state. Uh, and a very positive frame of mind you can you can see it you know so yeah, yeah. you see he seemed to be very much in in that space the other day and uh it's, it's fun to watch you know we, we will miss him when he's gone frankie won't we oh uh, yeah. we will we, we, we very we very little like him i know he drives us a bit mad at times but we, we we don't have anything like him no we don't have anything like him and as i'm always banging on about like we need characters and there's no bigger character than frankie the tory so whether he miffs you off one day and then you're praising him the next. Ultimately, our sport needs those sort of characters. And like you say, we won't get another one like him anytime soon. Uh, let's move on, guys. Two-year-olds, two-year-olds everywhere. 
loads of decent performances. We're going to kick off at the Curra. Aidan O'Brien, four-timer on the uh, at the Curra on Saturday. Um, Meditate makes it four from four, follows up the Albany win with a debutante stakes win, a group two. I mean, Brendan, the winning distance doesn't do the performance justice, does it? No, very, very much so. Queen's Trust was the name of that video. I just, uh, I, oh, I just yes. Googled it. That's, that's a ride to watch back, an absolute ride for the ages. But uh, anyway, yes, uh, what, what were you talking about? Sorry, meditate. Meditate, yeah. please. So, so, sorry, uh, stuck the seven furlongs out uh, really well because there was a little bit of a question. She's a very speedy bred filly. I think that's uh, decent form. And you'll now see her in the Moy Glare because Aiden always likes to go debutante to Moy Glare. I just didn't know what was going to happen with Statuette because. I mean, she could look at the Cheveley Park with the whole ten- tenebrism thing, but she but she won the car of the last day. She looked ready for a step up and trip as well. So I think you might see Statuette in the Moy Glare as well, because in fairness, oh. with, particularly with Phillies, it seems that Aiden is a little bit more cavalier with the campaign, because I suppose, look, they can only have one foe. Let's be realistic about this. So I'd say you might see a little bit of a car bomb approach to the Moy Glare and then reassess post then. But uh, it, it, it definitely... Um, I mean, uh, this is a this is this is a proper filly. The Royal Ascot form looked very good, and I thought, I, I, as you said, she was valued for a lot more than the winning margin on Saturday. Absolutely, and Kev. I mean, she's got so many uh, various different options. Um, the Moyglare obviously being one, and then in terms of options over here for the Phillies Miles, she's three to one from nine to one. Chiefly Parks, she's two to one from fours, and then for the Guineas next year, she's sixes from twelves. Um, what, how did you rate her performance? Where where is she in the pecking order? Um, nah, she has to be way up there, doesn't she, Vanessa? Like she, she's looked very good along the way. She's very straightforward. Jump out, make the run, and no problem. Um, relaxed over the longer trip. Um, won by more, better than the winning margin suggested. She kind of, she, she, uh, quite spooked, or she certainly checked a little bit late on. I think there was. She sort of like jinked uh, just before the line, or I didn't. Yeah, know there, what there that was. was. A, I think there was a, there was a photographer with their head out mm-hmm. over the um the the hoarding. If you oh, see right. it, if you watch the video, and I, I suspect that might have been it, but I, but I could be wrong. Um, so she she was valued for more than the, than the bare margin, um, and look, it's, it's another known in ever like it's it's really happening for him this year. In fairness to him, and I'd say the form is solid enough now because that Olivia Moralda to finish second, like she just had the most gigantic reputation early on. It took her a few times to win, but um, you know she was getting beat by good ones, and she seems to be coming now and coming forward with each start. So uh, and Joseph had a Philly and third there that I really like Thornbrook. Um, a little bit unlucky not to be second now, I thought. The, the eventual runner-up just edged a little bit left into her ground uh, as Declan McDonough was going through the gears. Um, wouldn't have won now, but I thought she would have been second for sure. And um, she'll be driving on from that. That was only her second start, so she could be going to the Moy Glare. Uh, and with regard to Statuetta, I did pick up a little line along the way that there's a possibility she might not run again this season. Um, oh, right. not, be- not, not because she's had a setback, but just... The size um, of her... The size of her, and there's a there's a view there that she may have done enough, um, for this season, and they don't want to to go to the well too often because it's all about next season, um. So it, it wasn't confirmed that that if that she wouldn't run again, but the suggestion was made. So I would just um, you know, if if you're thinking about getting involved in anti-post markets and things like that, I, I just maybe hold fire for the time being with her at least until there there's, um, a more definite. Uh, answer on what they're doing but it seems that there's a strong thought there that she might not go again this season okay well that is interesting um let's move on to the colts brendan uh the futurity stakes went the way of aesop's fables beating 
Donica O'Brien's horse and a stable mate um, just on just the second start. And I was really impressed by this. I mean, he was left with quite a bit to do and sweep past the second and yeah. the eventual second and third. He's now eight to one from 25s for the Dewhurst. And I, I was so taken with the performance. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they, they, the little big bear um, towers over every juvenile performance in, in Colts and Phillies. But in, the, in terms of Colts, this was the second best performance I think I've seen from a two-year-old Colts this season. It was just it was just sensational. Now, somehow, again, as, as you've already observed, I'm, I'm no friend of Leinster racing, because somehow I managed to miss him on debut as well. It was with a wedding. There's a lesson in this, isn't there? Like, stop going families, to weddings. Just of, stop friends, going to friends weddings. Friends families just drag you down, Vanessa. That's a fact. Just being so, but he does Very look true. a big... He does look a big unit on the telly, um, and well, maybe that was the problem why we didn't see him uh, since April. That he just he just had growing pains, but he was a, he was a, he was a little bit green when he came off the bridle. Understandably, on only a second run, uh, but he, he powered through the line. And I mean, I really like that proud and regal again. It's lucky I don't bet it under two to one. I thought he'd win. Now he's more of a middle distance prospect for next season. I know, but I think he's harsh, but. Has a bit has a bit of boost. The Tyros form is working out well, and he was still green when he won the Tyros. Um, I, I mean, this Ace of Spades is very interesting from a pedigree point of view. I mean, the dam has thrown Washington DC and Sandhurst, so make of that what you will. Uh, but you would certainly say, looking at the race on Saturday, he's going to get a mile. And yeah. obviously, Little Big Bear casts a very big shadow, but. Um, and again, I'd love to see Ace Fables go for the national stakes, but will he or will, will Aiden keep him? I'd sense he'll keep him apart and maybe send him for that mile race on uh, the Irish Champion Stakes Day in, in Leopardstown, KPMG or something. I, I, I think that's the race he, he'll probably end up in. But I, I don't think it's impossible he could put it up to Little Big Bear. Jeez, that, was, that was a wicked turn of foot he showed on Saturday. Brendan, very impressed by Aesop's fable. Let's stick with the O'Brien runners and um, the two-year-olds that he won with at the Curra, Kevin. Uh, Hiawatha, this brother to Luxembourg, the Camelot Colt, um, shed his maiden tag on just his third start. He's now 25s from 33s for the Derby. That all looked very straightforward. I mean, it didn't look like he was doing anything too quickly, but I guess that's a trait of the family. Yeah, look, I'd say he's, he's a bit listening to horse in the making, you know, and, but he was very powerful late on. Um, you know, like the final furlong was very strong for from him. And look, it's he, you can see he's one of those that, as Aiden has kind of talked about in recent seasons, like they, they like to kind of ed- get plenty of experience and education into these middle distance prospects at two if they can at all. And, mm-hmm. um, and he's coming forward the whole time. And look, the pedigree's there. And the physical is there. And, um, yeah, where where he goes next will be interesting if they if they send him as Brennan says, like they've got that beautiful, wonderful problem now where they have this this really deep crop of two year olds and they won't necessarily want them all banging heads. So I I suspect he could be one that could go um across the water for for a group option. Um, he, he does have a couple of entries that the Royal Lodge would be a nice spacing, and that might be the one. But yeah, they're a lovely bunch. I like what Brendan said about Ace of Fables. Like I really liked it. Really liked his debut. He looked a real a Royal Alaska type in many ways. But he's clearly, um, you know, he clearly stays well. You know, what price would you have made him to get the mile? You know, being by Nona out of how she cutting, who was herself like a proper five furlong filly and bred uh, Washington DC. Like, but he clearly does stay and, and will have a great chance of getting the mile. So yeah, 
embarrassment of riches or I don't think we're finished talking about it either yet, Vanessa. No, There's a no. few more. <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, I, I know we've said it a good few times, but for, for some reason, I don't know if I'm following it more closely or what's going on, but the two-year-old division this year, both sides of the English and Irish Sea, I just, I can't get enough of it. I'm absolutely loving it. Loads of nice types. I think we're going to have a, I hope we're going to have a really exciting classic year next year, but time will tell. Uh, quick mention for continuous, the other, the other... Hayden O'Brien, Ryan Moore, two-year-old winner. Uh, Brendan, very interesting pedigree. Am I right in saying he is the first heart's cry to win or to run in Ireland? Is that right? Uh, quite quite possibly. Again, I think we were talking about this uh, a couple of weeks ago with Quality Road. This is what happens when we are living in a post-Galileo world, isn't it? There's all these interesting little combinations that are, <laughs> are cropping up. So that was an exciting thing to see. Again, I didn't see him because I wasn't there. Uh, but he, he, he looked a nice... You had a shocker. Said, what a day to right, miss. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> uh, what, uh, ab- absolutely disgraceful stuff. You, you knew. But um, what I would say is that uh, it very straightforward, really hit the gates well and travelled lovely throughout the race. The only slight concern was, now maybe they don't have the same concern because it was good to firm ground on Saturday, does have quite a knee action. So that might be a slight concern, not necessarily towards the end of this season. Again, uh, Kevin was talking about his race plan and head on, what, what do you do? Like this horse is in the Beresford and under normal circumstances it would look like an obvious Beresford, Burton, Fraturity horse. And that may be the case. But I, I don't know what they're going to do. But I just might have a slight concern about him running on fast ground um, too many times in his life. OK, we could be here all day talking about these two-year-olds, but I'm just going to rattle through a few other notable performances before because we've got lots of other stuff to get through. Um, Kevin, over to you for Noble Style. Three from three for the Godolphin team now. Obviously won the gym crack. And you liked him for that race post his, I was I was a bit off him after that Newmarket run, but not a bit of it from you. Where does he slot into the two-year-old pecking order with Godolphin anyway? Um, look, look, my view was he was a little, a little bit disappointing in victory on the on the face of it at Newmarket the time before, but look, the runner-up's a good horse and he had had an interrupted prep, he'd missed Ascot, etc. And look, the hope was he'd come forward from Newmarket and he really did. And like I thought this was this was proper now. Because mm-hmm. we, we saw at Aska, uh, sorry, Aska, at York, um, pretty much all week, you know, not easy makeup ground on that straight track. And um, and this fella came from a fair way back in a finish that was otherwise dominated by those that were bang up there. And uh, I, I thought this was a big effort now. Like he's, he does have his own way of going. Um, but I'd say, like, in, in fairness, to go back to his debut at Aska, like he did a big number that day. And yeah. he was he was very good here now. I'd say this this will come out very strongly. And um yeah, he's a he's it'd be interesting to see how far he stays. He's, he's got a funny pedigree. He's actually he's a he's a grandson of Sealing Kitty that um that, that oh. famously won the Queen Mary and then bred and died giving birth to the subsequent Cheshire winner, um Arthur yeah. Kitt. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's a it's a funny pedigree. Like there's loads of pace on it, but they can't stay a bit better if if mated accordingly. And sure, we know Kingman is all about was all about pace. Rather, he was a miler. He's a fast miler. So will this fella get a mile in in the fullness of time? He he might, but Jesus, it'd be a question mark until he gets there. I'd say. And where they go with the next will be will be fascinating if they stick to the six or if they they chance the seven. But um, yeah, loads of talent there. 
Okay, well, last source to talk about is, of course, Blackbeard. We can't talk about the two-year-old division and ignore the one group one uh, that was run over in France. Obviously, the pre-morning, Blackbeard unchanged at five to one for the Dewhurst, but three to one from 11 to two for the middle part post that pre-morning win, Brendan. Um, Antics beforehand, we've spoken about it plenty, doesn't seem to bother him in the race anyway. No, well, for, I mean, whatever about that thing he does with his front legs, there is a name for it. I, I can't remember it because I heard Aiden talking about it one day and he said it's very, very unusual for a cult to do. He's never seen a cult. He has seen some fillies do it, albeit not, not that many of them. But I, I was more worried about him before the morning because I haven't seen him get such a muck sweat before for all for all his antics. Uh, he, I mean, the sweat was running off. My boy was deeply concerned for him before the race, but he just went and ran his race. And um, his his form is, is really solid. Persian force, again, another really solid horse. I, I think that's proper form, which just always brings you back to the little big bear, doesn't it? And what, what he did to Persian Force. So um, for, 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 for all these two-year-olds, uh, 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 certainly the ones we're talking about as uh, Guinea's prospects and what have you, there is a long, long shadow they have to escape from. Yeah, there really is. And actually, I'm just going to throw in one of the listeners' questions here to you, Kevin. In relation to Blackbeard, we will do listeners' questions in due course, but might as well mention Ash Simmons' question now because he's asked, taking into account Blackbeard's pre-race antics, do you think there's a chance that he could be retired to stud after his two-year-old season? Kumal's three-year-old crop haven't exactly been well-beating this year. He's now a Group 1 winner to add to his Group 2 and Group three successes I mean I I don't think that'll happen myself personally but it is an interesting angle given again what Brendan said about how hot he's got you know does he have the mentality for it is he really going to improve next year or is this the best he's going to be look I don't I don't think it would be seriously considered they haven't done it for a long long time and the last time they did it was um, the last time they did it. I'm open to correction of I'm off operating off the top of my head was Holy Roman Emperor. And they only did it because um, George Washington was, was firing blanks. Um, and so they said it. So they retired Holy Roman and put him in instead of George Washington. Um, that, that's a long time ago now. Um, and the, the game has changed a little bit. Like, I don't think Coolmore kind of as as. You know, in, in the sense of how they campaign their horses, I don't think they're as ruthlessly commercial as they once were. Um, like, I don't think they worry as much about um, protecting horses like they used to. Like, I don't think they fear defeat with them like they, they maybe once did. Um, and they tend to campaign them, especially as two year olds, like they tend to campaign them more vigorously. And like this fella's been more vigorously campaigned than any of them. You know, he's had seven spins, he's won four stakes races, now he's a group one winner. Um, I, I think you drive on. Look, he's clearly a, a, a bit of a, you know, he's clearly got, a, got I don't want to say quirky, but he's clearly like got, got a, a certain amount of oddness in his, in his character that, that, that leads to him behaving like this. But at the end of the day, it's not stopping him. You know, that's normal for him as such. And, you know, it, it's something that he that he can he can push through and, and, you know, run to a very high level, despite as, as kind of negatively as we perceive it, it clearly isn't a big problem for him. So um, if this horse is running in America, I'm sure that he'd have a cult following because he'd have all the, the lads on the TV, um, you know, you know, interpreting it in a very kind of. <laughs> in a very flowery sort of way, like describing <laughs> his, his tap dancing and his pirouettes and what have you. But yeah. uh, like they used to do with Zenyatta, 
Um, but he, he's a very interesting character study. I've never seen the likes of it now. Um, in a in a racehorse, you know, you might see it in a young horse or a stallion, um, behaving a bit oddly. But to be doing it down behind the stalls consistently, like he is clearly quite different. And, it, his, and it's the way, he, yeah, and it's the way he has his meltdown and then just walks around normally for a few <laughs> circuits and then just has his breakdown again. I mean, he's actually an equine representation of me because occasionally the toys come out the pram. <laughs> And then the toys go back in the pram, and I can behave myself again. But you know, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's 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 a character flaw. <laughs> yeah, and I, I came across someone there a couple of a couple of weeks ago, and they they dealt with his horse as a yearling, and it, like this isn't a new thing. Like he always had this kind of character about him to wow. do to do odd things, you know, mm-hmm. since he was a young horse. And uh, it's quite interesting, hey, isn't it? Look, it's different. And, it, I just and he's, ba- hey, he's winning group ones. Exactly, you know? exactly. I just banged on about needing characters in the sport or talking about Frank <laughs> the Tory. Well, this is an equine character, so we might as well embrace it as long as he keeps on winning and it doesn't affect his performances. Now, look, of course, we should be talking about Chaldine and also Silver Knot winning the Solaria, but we're running out of time. So uh, just one of the news stories we wanted to talk about from the week or touch upon anyway is the slightly odd situation going on with Ammo Racing and Ross Orion. Brendan um mm. obviously Brendan um Persian force running in the pre-morning Rossa not docked up on the horse so then that caught the attention of the ITV team Ollie then asked Rossa what was going on there in his walk back interview on Friday on ITV and Rossa offers up the information that he will no longer be riding as the retained jockey for Ammo Racing a gig that he's had for a couple of seasons now and has really taken him to another level as a jockey uh, but obviously uh, a job that's probably not the easiest given um, Ammo Racing and how they operate but then Ammo came out and said that there was an internal investigation going on and they were mm. looking to terminate the contract. So mm. there seems to be a bit of confusion to follow that up. I actually interviewed Rossa on Sunday at Brighton for Sky Sports Racing, had a winner. And of course, it would have been remiss of me not to have asked him about the situation, even though I knew he wasn't going to want to comment. And he said he had nothing more to add. So all in all, we're left a little bit in the dark about what's going on or what, what has gone on. What's your read of this? I, 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 I probably have this arse backwards, as you say, because I don't know what's that. It looked to me like he retired live on air from the job. But, but I mean, that's ne- not necessarily the case. There must have been a breakdown in communications between this internal investigation. Um, the guy the guy who owns the ammo horses, the football agent, what's his name? Kia. 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 Uh, well, the, this, um, the, the, that whole business seems to be quite opaque, doesn't it? And the way he runs his, uh, his horse race stable seems to be quite opaque as well. Um, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what's going on. I know uh, that just in, in general, uh, riding horses and training horses, you're usually working for people who have been highly successful in some other aspect of their lives because they have to have the money to own racehorses, right? Uh, and uh, well, there seems to be this limitation that like if I was really exceptional at something in life and I made a lot of money. I think I'd be conscious of the fact that what are the odds? Like the chances of me, the chances of being brilliant at one thing, it's hard enough to be brilliant at two things, unless you're like Tony Romo or something, but it's a million basically. So I would say (laughs) if I'm a brilliant football agent, I'm probably not going to be brilliant at telling trainers and jockeys what to do. So I'll just take a step back here, but they don't seem to do it, do they? They just go, I I know what's best. I know what's best. So it's just, it is, it is a tough job. um, Again, I, I don't really know what happened. Because the, the, no. the timeline, the timeline seems backwards to me. 
Kev, do you have anything more to add on 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 the topic? I mean, I, I you know, it wouldn't have been a million to one for something like this to happen with uh, Ammo Racing and their retained jockey, given as Brendan's touched upon how they operate. You know, we've seen them do stable switches, like trainers go off trainers. You know, um, horses been taken away from trainers, bloodstock agents as well. You know, he's not afraid to move the chess pieces around pretty quickly on his board. Yeah, exactly. There's lots of changes. Like I don't know if we're getting the full story. There's kind of allusions um, to something having happened, like some sort of a decision being taken, or some and some sort of a. I don't know. It's hard. It's, it's very the the whole the communications on this have been quite vague, you know. So there's clearly something else, but um, is this relationship going to come out of it intact? I suspect not. Um, but look, Rossa is a super rider. I, I have great regard for him, and a little bit like David Egan, like these lads are very young. And while mm-hmm. you know losing a big job like this might seem, um, you know, a real setback, it's not really. You know, at their age, we know the the lifespan of top flat jockeys. You know, take the experience, put it in your bank, learn from it, move on. There will be other big jobs. Um, yeah, and then. It's it's interesting to watch it unfold. I suspect we'll, we'll we'll probably get the thing wrapped up in the next couple of days, and we'll get we might get an insight into kind of what's gone on here um, when they when they complete their internal investigation, which is just such a such an odd way. Like if something happened, it happened. What do you need to investigate? You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a football way of doing the PR yeah. spin. Let's be honest. You can hear that those words coming out of a football club, and that would follow suit to how Kia runs the place. So. Um, yeah, we yeah, will wait and see. You know, good luck to them. Look, everyone goes in with their eyes open. I think, oh, with yeah. Amo, like you say, because uh, there, there is, uh, there is the, you know, multiple precedents of the moving horses and, and just wanting, wanting the, the ability to to swap around and yeah. you know that's it. You know, and if they swap, want to swap their jockey, so be it. And the next fella going in will will go in with his eyes open. I'm sure. Exactly. No, agreed. Uh, let's move on, rattle through a few listeners' questions. We haven't got that many, so it shouldn't take too long. Let's start with Sam Hart. Um, Ryan Moore is riding out of his skin this season. If he left his role with Bally Doyle in the next few years and went freelance, do you think he would be beating the likes of William Buick, Holly Doyle and Asheen Murphy for the Jockeys' Championships? Brendan? Um, yes, he, he, he would be a, a massive contender. I think he's probably the best jockey in the world, so anything he said is mine to... He, he could achieve, but he's not going to be arsed, is he? He's been there. Yeah. That. <laughs> and uh, Jamie Spencer probably had a word in his ear about how it costs you money towards the end of the season to go chasing that jockey title. So he's not going to do that. Uh, no, but yes, it, whatever Ryan Moore wants to do, I feel like he could achieve it on the back of a horse. Yeah, fair, fair comment. Um, Steve Railton has asked, would it be useful to know how far different horses actually travel in the same race? Those running wide at Chester, Frankie on his Ebor winner, thinking flat rather than jumps, Kevin. Isn't this something, am I not right in saying, and I'm such a company woman, I'm going to be annoyed that I don't know this factually, but doesn't the At The Races website provide that data at some tracks? Is that right? Total performance data. Yeah, like this sort of thing has been available in multiple places for a few years. Um, You know, you would have seen it in in, in some very high profile jurisdictions there. They pump out the data after the big races. And it's it's really, like I find it really engaging. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit nerdy, but it's the type of thing. A little bit nerdy. Just a little bit, not the worst. Don't I don't wear glasses. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. 
Got, 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 got laser surgery instead. <laughs> um, but it, I, I find it fascinating because look, it's, it's we love to put a number on things, and you know we know going three wide, no cover at Chester is costly, um, and and it would be great to know whether you know we've seen it after the Breeders' Cup and that. Well, geez, this horse traveled five meters further than the one that, that beat him a short head. You know, and it's engaging. It put it puts um, color to the picture. Um, but look, we in, in Irish racing especially we hate this sort of thing Vanessa we don't like numbers we don't like precision we don't like data there are horses running up a field lads you know they're there bounce about a mile run them up there uh, I, I personally don't even don't even agree with using a photo finish camera Asher if it's close <laughs> enough lads call it a dead heat who needs precision come on <laughs> typical Irish just you know throwing that out there uh, Paul, <laughs> Paul Dean has asked uh, another one for you Kevin actually can you ask Kevin what the issue is with Sandy Creek never ran when entered in a maiden and now not entered in any of the big two-year-old group races yeah I just had a bit of a hole up unfortunately but um, but but will be back lovely horse okay short and sweet we like that uh, Brendan this one can come your way Ed Johnson mm. has asked if Trushan can't run on perfectly good summer ground why has he campaigned as he is throughout the flat season only for it to be a lottery 30 minutes before most times he runs the rules mm. should not allow a trainer to keep withdrawing so close to the off what's your view on that it is it's tricky though I mean I understand because the horse is a big draw the jockey's a big draw the course wanted to run uh, and the weather is fierce changeable. I was a, I, I was away in Sligo weekend. It was supposed to rain all weekend. There wasn't a drop of rain. It was glorious. So even uh, short-term forecasts can be a struggle. But I certainly think that leaving at a half an hour beforehand is... I mean, it's, it, it's punter-friendly in a sense because the rule fours always favour punters. But when you're dealing with these big days like York and a public horse like this, they're not going to know the nuances of rule fours. They want to know what horses are running. And to have it pulled out a half an hour before the race. I don't think that's acceptable. I, I, it, I, there's a case to be made for overnight, but given the way, given given the way the weather can be fierce changeable, I would say ten o'clock in the morning. He's been out. He's walked the course. He knows basically what the weather's going to do. Look up in the sky, and we, we need to know now. I, I, I think that's a fair compromise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just messes everyone around, doesn't it? Um, last question then, Kevin, this can come your way. Joe Maloney has asked, uh, I know the lads and lasses chatted about this before, but the Dan Skelton case versus the syndicate where he didn't disclose his one third interest is going to the high court. Can we refresh, have the syndicate a case against Dan or is it all too murky? I haven't actually got any further details since when we last discussed this, Kevin, which would have been a good few months ago now when it was, I think it was in one of the broadsheets, wasn't it? Yeah, David Walsh followed up in the Sunday Times, I believe. I just had a speed read of it. Um, I suppose we should say um, uh, alleged to the, to, the part, to the early part of Joe's um, tweet there. Um, actually, look, it's going to the High Court. It, it's very serious. It's a concerning case. We, we hammered it out at the time. Um, but look, as always with these things, Vanessa, we, we've heard um, one side of the story, I suppose, through the papers. Um, Dan will have his side of the story. He's fully entitled to, to uh, defend himself, defend the allegation. And then look, once more details emerge from this, I suppose we can tease out the um, any any you know tease out the, the case and what it's all about and any potential bigger picture ramifications. 
Yeah, exactly. That's definitely something, like you say, when we get more information, we will no doubt be discussing uh, on this podcast going forward over the coming weeks and months, I am sure. Uh, But that wraps up the show. A rattle through all the week's action, a few discussion points as well. Uh, Boys, thank you very much as always. And everyone, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back with you on Thursday with Racing Only Better to preview the weekend's action with the usual gang. But for now, thanks for listening and have a very good week.